Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through a team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes, from teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments. UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at everythingittakes.org. Hi, hi, hi. I know, I, I, keep, I bring bearing gifts. Two days before Thanksgiving 2022. Um, I have some Thanksgiving cookies for all of you. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre led a briefing featuring two of the nation's most recognizable infectious diseases experts. Today I'm joined by White House COVID coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha and chief medical advisor to the president and NIAD doctor, uh, director Dr. Fauci. As you all know, Dr. Fauci is retiring next month, and I'm honored, so honored, to have him uh, join me today. Thank you very much, Karine, for that really very, very kind introduction. It's really And for the last time behind the White House press room podium as the nation's top COVID doc, Fauci talked about how to avoid a third COVID winter buried under another deadly surge. I'm going to spend the next just couple of minutes talking to you about the importance of getting an updated booster vaccine as we enter into the holiday season and the colder weeks and months of the late fall and early winter. The bivalent booster is a half-and-half situation. Half the vaccine targets the original COVID strain, and the other half targets the BA4 and BA5 Omicron subvariants that have been dominant in the United States for months. If more people get the bivalent booster, Fauci said, it'll help keep COVID case numbers down as we approach the winter holidays and then those long, cold months spent indoors Afterward, and Recent data that has come out indicate that if, in fact, you were vaccinated and boosted compared to an unvaccinated person, there's a 14 times lower risk of dying in the most recent BA45 era compared to unvaccinated and at least a three times lower risk of testing positive compared to the unvaccinated individuals. Dr. Ja took the encouragement to get vaccinated a step further. Today, I want to focus on a new six-week sprint that the administration is announcing to get more Americans their updated shots before the cold and winter season really settles in. Ja is announcing this six-week sprint as cases of flu across the country are surging alongside cases of respiratory syncytial virus, better known as RSV. RSV has been flooding pediatric emergency rooms with an unusually high number of young patients since September, and hospitalizations for the flu at this point in the season are the highest they've been in more than a decade. This three-car collision of respiratory viruses as winter approaches is causing some health experts to worry about what they're calling a triple-demic. Joss said those who plan to gather this week need to talk about it. We need to make protecting our loved ones an important part of the conversation we have around the Thanksgiving table, an important part of the conversation we have in the days and weeks ahead. Because here's what we know. If folks get their updated vaccines and they get treated, if they have a breakthrough infection, we can prevent essentially every COVID death in America. 
That is a remarkable fact two and a half years after we found this virus first in our country. So please, don't wait. Get your COVID shot. Get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. Get one in each arm if you want. So let's talk about where we are now with COVID, as well as RSV and flu, and what this winter might look like with another of the nation's top infectious diseases doctors, Peter Hotez. From Texas Public Radio, this is Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Listen. That's the sound of a baby struggling to breathe. This baby has RSV, which in little ones and in older folks can quickly and dangerously escalate. In children under one, according to the CDC, RSV is the most common cause of bronchiolitis, which is the inflammation of the small airways in the lung, and pneumonia, which sounds like this. I feel like I should include a trigger warning on this audio because I haven't been able to listen to it once while putting the show together without crying. <laughs> little babies in their little bodies fighting for air and RSV can be lethal. If you look at the numbers in the United States, not including the current RSV season, up to 80,000 children younger than five are hospitalized due to RSV every year. Up to 300 children under five die, and worldwide, the death rate is much higher. Young children with RSV can need mechanical assistance for breathing. They might need ventilators. They might even need ECMO, that machine that many of us unhappily came to be familiar with during the height of the COVID pandemic. It uses a pump to circulate blood through an artificial lung, oxygenating it before sending it back into the bloodstream. Listen to those tiny ones fighting with everything they have just to get a little oxygen. RSV patients have been flooding pediatric ERs and hospitals for several weeks now, along with patients with flu and increasingly, again, patients with COVID. That's a recipe for overwhelmed hospitals and potentially increased death rates for all three viruses. Considering all of this, and that I recently had COVID myself, I decided to try to take a look at the COVID landscape as we headed to winter through the eyes of Dr. Peter Hotez, co-director of the Center for Vaccine Development at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston and dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine, also in Houston, and now also a Nobel Peace Prize nominee for his work on a low-cost COVID vaccine called Corbivax. And Hotez says each winter it's been around, COVID has taught us something new. The first winter, we didn't understand the evolution of variants. So we knew about the original uh, lineage out of central China. And then the first winter saw the arrival of the Alpha variant, which was similar, but also different, more transmissible and and uh, possibly even more pathogenic. And, and that's when we saw that devastating wave of two to 3,000 deaths per day in that first very bleak winter, um, just as the vaccines were arriving. And, and uh, then 
uh, the second winter, then came the Delta wave in the last half of 2021. And that was the worst of all, but it was also a self-inflicted wound because a lot of most of the deaths occurred among people who refused to take a COVID vaccine. And, and uh, you know, of the 90,000 deaths from COVID in Texas, half of them came after vaccines became widely available because people refused to take a COVID vaccine. So it wasn't only the virus, it was human behavior and the fact that people became victims from all of the uh, anti-vaccine misinformation and disinformation, what I call now anti-science aggression. And then came Omicron, the Omicron variants. Um, so each each wave has produced uh, challenges as will be the the next wave to come. So you think there will be a next wave to come? I think there will be another wave. And the reason I say that is because in Western European countries, Central European countries like Austria, Germany, France, they just completed their wave. And historically, what we've seen is whenever Western Central Europe has a wave or the UK has a wave, a wave definitely follows. That happened with Alpha, that happened with Delta, that happened with Omicron, BA1, BA2, BA5. I think it's going to happen again. So they did have a wave. It wasn't as big as some of the others, but it was still substantial. And um, and I think that's probably, we have to assume that that's going to happen um, in the U.S., typically starting in the northeastern part of the U.S. and heading over towards Michigan to, to begin. The only difference, though, with this, the wave that's in Western Central Europe that we expect to head our way is in the past, all of the waves were attributed to the emergence of a single variant, alpha or delta or BA1 Omicron or BA2 or BA5. This one, it's a bit of an alphabet soup of, of variants. Um, so BA5 is still an important one, but now you have BQ1.0, BQ1.1, um, XBB. I, I call them the Scrabble variants because they all use high-value Scrabble letters like X, B, and Q. Um, and, uh, and, and so exactly whether because of that one new feature in the, in the waves in Europe, we, I can't be as confident that it'll exactly reproduce in the U.S., but I think we should get ready for it. In fact, if you look to Italy right now, that southern European country may be experiencing the beginning of a winter COVID surge. In the week ending November 17th, the number of patients in intensive care units there rose by nearly 22 percent, even though overall COVID-related hospital admissions only increased by 10 percent. The European surges, Dr. Hotez tells us, are driven by subvariants of Omicron. Many of them are subvariants of Omicron BA5, but not all of them. Um, others derive from BA2, others from BA1, others from BA4, which gets us to an important point. Um, the new bivalent booster has both the original lineage mRNA and BA5, and the new Scrabble variants look and smell more BA5-like than they do the original variant. So there's a higher likelihood um, that if you get the new bivalent booster, you'll you'll definitely be better off for the BA5 that's also circulating, but also the Scrabble variants. And and I've been and that, you know, 
for, as far as I'm concerned, Bonnie, is the single most important take-home point from our discussion uh, today is that uh, the single most impactful thing you can do right now to get ready is to take that new bivalent mRNA booster, either from Pfizer or Moderna. They're both making it. And not enough Americans are heeding that recommendation. Only about 25% of seniors have gotten the new bivalent booster. And in the terms of younger populations, it's in the single digits. So we're not getting that message out of the urgency to take that bivalent uh, booster. But that is the single most impactful thing you can do right now. And that probably explains, in part, Drs. Fauci and Jaws' pre-Thanksgiving push to get more bivalent shots in arms. New research out this week from the CDC has found that the bivalent booster does protect better against Omicron BA4 and BA5 in real-world recipients than the OG vaccine, if only modestly so. How well does it protect against the scrabbles? We don't. We won't know till we know. But but here's what we do know: there does seem to be spillover antibody to the Scrabble variants. Not perfect, but there there's some protection. And and remember how this works: so many people, even if they've been vaccinated, have had breakthrough infection, or or were vaccinated after they had infection. You do have that hybrid immunity, triple hybrid immunity of vaccinating with the original lineage, getting the bivalent booster, and somewhere along the way, you might have gotten a breakthrough infection. And what that tells your body is um, to start making memory B cells that can make antibodies against a wide wide range of uh, new, new variants to come. It's basically a signal to your memory B cells, hey, these things are important. We better get ready to to make a whole army of different types of antibody. But if you don't get that booster, that bivalent booster, less so. Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through a team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes, from teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments. UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at everythingittakes.org. You're listening to Petri Dish. I feel like we all ought to be vaccine experts right now, but let's remember that vaccines are designed to teach your body about a potential invader. So it's not caught flat footed when that invader shows up. Very often with novel viruses, people's health is devastated by their confused immune system overreacting to a strange invader. Vaccines teach our immune systems how not to freak out when the new invader arrives. It recognizes it and is prepared to more effectively fight it. So even if vaccinated and boosted, you might get sick. I'm vaccinated and boosted and I got sick. But you're far less likely to end up in the hospital or die. Two things I've been worried about since early 2020 because I have several known risk factors. Yet here I am recovering from COVID and talking to you. But a lot of people are still getting severe COVID, and a lot of people are still dying. And unfortunately, we're not, that message is not getting through very well. You know, instead, what you hear 
is, yeah, there's still COVID around, but the deaths are down and the hospitalizations are down. And that's true. But even though we're not losing two to 3,000 Americans a day, we're losing 300 Americans a day. It's still, it's still one of the top five leading causes of deaths in the United States. And what's more is, yes, there is some community-level immunity that's reducing the number of hospitalizations and deaths, but that doesn't really help you in terms of your personal health decision. If you've not gotten vaccinated or if you've not gotten recently boosted, you're still at high risk of hospitalization and long COVID. And, and, and I think people confuse the, the, what's happening at the population level with their own individual health decisions. And, and that's a mistake as well. So where are we now with COVID in the U.S.? Case numbers had been steadily dropping since July. In October, they sort of leveled off. They plateaued. And now in November, they seem to be starting to creep up again. Now, this is precisely the last thing healthcare workers and those who run hospitals want to see as they've been slammed since mid-October by RSV. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, this fall, everything came early. Flu came early and RSV came early. Does it, is it going to get worse during the winter? It might. And hospital and emergency rooms are already getting overwhelmed. Exactly why we're seeing it so early and so severely. There's different theories. One is this concept of immunity debt that people were masked and not interacting with each other nearly as much. And so we lost some of that herd immunity to RSV and flu, and now we're paying the price. Others debunk that idea and think maybe it's because COVID-19 is causing some transient immunosuppression and making you more susceptible to severe RSV and flu, or they may not be mutually exclusive. Fact is, most kids get RSV at least once before they're two, and during the two years in which we've been trying to avoid getting respiratory viruses to avoid getting COVID, a lot of kids didn't get the flu or RSV. So the idea that they're all getting it at once isn't far-fetched, and most kids will be fine. They'll just have the sniffles. But not all of them. Yeah, and particularly with premature infants, um, the preemies, the you know, the, those who've been spent time in neonatal ICU, oftentimes they have a condition called bronchopulmonary dysplasia. They they do not do well with RSV. Um, uh, young kids, infants with neuromuscular conditions, um, those with underlying heart illness. I mean, they, uh, even a even an otherwise healthy full-term baby can get very sick with RSV. But if you're either premature of underlying cardiopulmonary issues or neuromuscular disease, you do, you do not do well. And so they're filling up our children's hospitals, both in Texas and uh, across the United States. You have an infant. Please do me a favor. And I know it's a tough one. Please don't expose your infant to a whole bunch of new people while RSV is going around like this. Their immune systems just are not ready for it. I know there are people who will tell you that babies need to be exposed to things to strengthen their immune systems, but not infants and not RSV, okay? Did you hear those little ones at the beginning of the show? I know you want to show off your newborn at the family holiday dinner. I once had a newborn. I get it. But I urge you not to, because with RSV at least, there's not a lot else you can do to protect your baby from infection. 
We don't have an RSV vaccine available yet, although some new ones are coming online for next year. So two new adult RSV vaccines from GSK and Pfizer, a vaccine for pregnant women from Pfizer, um, and a monoclonal antibody for young kids. So there's a lot of good news on the horizon. But right now, there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do for RSV except wear masks, and that will help uh, tremendously. But in terms of vaccines, we do have flu vaccines, and you have all these COVID vaccines and boosters. So at least do yourself a favor and your family a favor. Take those, take COVID and flu off the table, so that you know, even though we don't have an RSV vaccine, you know, we're seeing too many co-infections, which are making you worse as well. This year's flu shot appears to be well-matched with the circulating strains of flu. Still, flu hospitalizations are higher than they've been in years. And, of course, flu can also be a killer. Between 2010 and 2020, influenza killed between 12,000 and 52,000 people every year. Triple-demic, COVID, RSV, and flu. I worry as we get closer to the Christmas holidays, the numbers are going to start going up. We're going to get that winter, um, late fall, winter wave of COVID on top of RSV and influenza. And then people are going to have to start making decisions about wearing masks. So I tend to wear masks when I'm in crowded indoor places, um, even though people sometimes look at me like I just landed from planet Mars. Um, I try to do it when possible. But it's it's tougher when it's not part of the culture. I mean, I think I was the only one. I was, I was just in uh, uh, Switzerland. I was at the World Health Organization last week and gave lectures at the Swiss Tropical Institute. It was my first, my first trip to Europe in three years since the start of the pandemic. And I was the only one on the plane that I saw wearing, one of the few I saw wearing a mask. It may be a good idea right now to start wearing a mask again whenever you're indoors among people who don't live with you. And if you don't mask, at the very least, please don't hassle people who do. You know the rest of the drill. Sneeze and cough into your sleeve. Frequently and thoroughly wash your hands. If you feel unwell, if you have a cough and sniffles, maybe test before you go anywhere or just stay home. What else, Dr. Hotez? I think there's three or four things you need to do. The most impactful is getting your bivalent COVID booster. Um, That's priority number one. Second, make sure you got your flu vaccine. Three, um, get your kids vaccinated against both COVID and influenza because the kids are just not getting vaccinated nearly at the rate they should be. So those vaccines are available for kids, including now the bivalent as a booster. The other one is if you do get breakthrough COVID, and you're especially if you're older, Make sure your doctor prescribes Paxlovid because in my discussions with the White House and Ashish Shah, one of the things that he's told me is they're not really seeing any seniors with COVID dying if they do have breakthrough COVID, if they've also gotten Paxlovid. And the ones who die are dying without getting Paxlovid. So that's another backup thing. So ha- so the point is, if you start feeling sick, have a plan, know, know how to contact your internist and know to, and have a low threshold. We're going on Paxlovid if you're tested, particularly if you're over the age of 60. Going into a third COVID winter is daunting, especially with new variants emerging all the time. We're all just sick of this pandemic life. 
But Dr. Hotez says the outlook is improving. I do think things are getting better. Um, the severity of the waves overall, um, based on what we've seen in Europe, is less than what it's been in the past. But it's still a COVID is still a killer. And particularly when it combines with RSV and influenza. And um, the point is you've made it this far. Don't screw it up now. Get, get your bivalent booster. <laughs> Go out and get a bivalent booster, okay? Thank you, Dr. Hotez. Thank, thank you, Bonnie, and thank you for all our discussions during the pandemic. <laughs> yes, thank you. I always look forward to having a discussion with you. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by TPR News Director Dan Katz, Jacob Rosati, and me. Original music and sound design is also by Jacob Rosati. Petri Dish is a production of Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon. <laughs>